All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to uh, a very special edition of SaberSim's DFS Office Hours. Uh, I'm joined here today with with Andrew uh, and Matt, and we are going to be talking uh, about our new big rules update that we just pushed earlier this afternoon. So um, it gives you quite a, a bit of a new degree of, of control over your lineups. There is a lot of power here, a lot of customization options. Uh, I think with that, there's going to be plenty of questions from people here today. So we wanted to do a quick stream, uh, have these guys on here, talk a little bit about how it all works, uh, answer some questions. And um, I think we're all just really excited about this over here at Saberson. So just wanted to, to do a quick stream. But um, Matt, Andrew, first of all, what's, what's going on? How are you guys? Uh, have you gotten a chance to mess with the, I know, uh, probably in some testing, but have you got a chance to like play with the, the new rules and like really actually build some lineups yet? Matt, you can go first. But, yeah. I mean, I've done a lot of testing around, uh, you know, trying to break it and, and whatnot. So I, I haven't yeah. like, you know, actually entered lineups using it yet, but, uh, yeah, I've played around with a lot, testing a lot of different combinations. I think, uh, I'm, I'm really excited about, the possibilities because there's so many different ways I think to right. use these rules that we haven't even thought of. So what about you, Andrew? I've messed around with it. I'm looking forward to using it uh a little bit tomorrow in the showdown and really looking forward to using it for the football main slate this weekend. Yeah, me too. I mean I'm even looking forward to to baseball tonight. I think you know in, in the video I put out earlier today I I um, talked about a couple baseball rules. I'm pretty excited to see it just for for that. Uh, real quickly before we jump in, um, just wanted to mention a couple things for everybody. So I did put out a video here earlier today. Um, it will have shown up at the bottom of your SaberSim screen if you haven't logged into SaberSim yet either. You'll see it there. Um, but it's right here on the YouTube channel. Just a really helpful walkthrough, just a little over 10 minutes that I think will kind of give you an idea of how these rules work, what what you might do for, for different sports. Obviously, um, not going to cover everything in that video, but I think a really good way to to, to just get started. Uh, and for anybody watching along here live, fire away at us, ask any questions you have about how to use these new rules. Um, and we will, will answer some questions, but I mean, first things first, I'm interested to hear kind of for, for both you guys, how do you see these fitting into your processes? Um, are there's, is there a particular sport or a particular like uh, contest or anything like that that you think these might be particularly valuable or anything that you've been looking forward to doing? Um, that video I put out earlier today is kind of all the things that have always been in the back of my mind of some ways that I might want to do some some rules for different sports. But I'm curious just for, for you guys, like how this fits into to your DFS process. I'll say one thing that I'm really curious to see is how people in the community use it mm -hmm. in ways that we never thought about in ways that Matt didn't think about when creating it in ways that we're not even gonna touch on this stream. I think we're going to get so much great feedback from everybody using it. And I think the tool is just really strong overall ways I plan on using it are for showdowns with trying to avoid super like chalk constructions and hopefully um get more unique lineups is something i'm really looking forward to trying to do there yeah i think that's a really good point about uh trying to avoid like chalk lineups not you know like that's the only reason but i think for me the biggest value is going to be places where i don't feel like you know saber sim gets me all the way there in terms of yeah. like if I just, you know, with, so with showdown, you know, Saberson's creating really good lineups with, that follow game scripts and are like viable. Right. But it's not necessarily doing too much to avoid dupes and I, and that sort of thing. That's, I think where you can add a lot of value. And honestly, I, until you said that, Andrew, I hadn't even really thought of using rules that way, but I think that's a really good idea. You could do something as simple as, as, you know, setting rules based on the ownership of the players, but I think you could get even more creative of some rules that people might actually force on showdown lineups. You could sort of do the inverse because yeah. a lot of people will be like, if I have a wide receiver captain, then always include the, the quarterback in the flex, right? But that's such a common dupe heavy rule that you could actually do the opposite and be like, if I have wide receiver captain, don't include the quarterback in the flex. Not that you should, I do not right. recommend that, using that rule that's globally, like the, but like, yeah, yeah, not globally, but like those are the things that I'm thinking about that you hit yeah. in the head. And I th think just in general, um, 
for me, the first thing is sports that we have either we don't have sim support for or where we just know that the sim is you know not as strong maybe so i don't really play nascar much but i could see if i was playing nascar that's maybe the kind of mm -hmm. sport that i could see adding some more rules just you know our sims are really good but they're not perfect and you know that's a sport where there's kind of there's some more value i think you would get with rules um, but then for nfl i think Adding for me would be adding just a few little things to kind of quality control my lineup. So it's not like, oh, I want every lineup to look like this. It's, it's, you know, maybe I run a build. I see some combinations of players that I don't really like in my lineups or just some constructions that I'm not really happy with. And I might just be setting some conditional rules about, you know, if this player is in the lineup, then don't include this one or uh, something like that. You know, two running backs from the same team. You know, maybe sometimes it's viable, but maybe for a big main slate, I just want to say don't include lineups like that because they're just not really worth it. So that's how I see myself using it is more of like a quality control kind of after I run my research build and see what I'm getting. And what I really like is the if then part of it, because yeah. before we would have to set like a blanket rule in a way where it'd be like, if I wanted to pair my running back with my defense, it would be for every lineup in your build because you didn't have that optionality. But now you're almost getting a pool where you have some uh, like in a certain way and then others others not. Like yeah. you could pick a specific running back, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, so or even like based teams. on certain stacks as, or certain stats as well. Um, right. Like one thing that I've been playing with speed. recently and in my process is just like thinking about, you know, correlating the players who you're spending more salary on and, and who are projected for more, more like, you know, if I'm playing a, a punt running back, that's like min price that just has a decent average projection. I'm, I'm not as concerned about that game script where the defense dominates and the guy gets a ton of carries on the ground. Cause he's probably going to be involved in the passing game. But you know, when you are paying up for maybe more of the, like the Dalvin cook type, maybe that is an angle where the Vikings defense actually does kind of stifle the lions and, and correlating those two there makes more sense. And now you can do that conditionally based on how high that, that player is projected. One thing I do want to stress and, and Matt, I think you touched on it. We already have a question mm -hmm. on it as well here um, from Skull. He said, we don't have to use these new group rules, right? Uh, we can just use QB plus one and et cetera. Saberson will already know to include um, that the wide receiver or the tight end in that case. And, and that's a point I really do want to stress that this, this is definitely kind of an, an add on a way to get um, some additional control, some more power for your lineups if you want to fine tune, but by no means should you feel like this needs to become a part of your process, especially on day one, right? We've got a baseball slate here tonight, even the Thursday night football game coming up on Thursday, uh, the Sunday main site on Sunday. I, I don't, don't want to give the impression at all that you all of a sudden have to start doing these things, adding these new groups and things like that. I think the healthiest way to go about incorporating this into your process slowly would be to do what Matt said, run a build with nothing, right? Run a build the, the way that maybe you used to and start studying your lineups a little bit more and look and see, you know, is there a particular construction that you want a little bit less of, or you don't want at all? Is there a, a combination of players that you think is, is more valuable um, that you're not getting enough of? The new rules will basically allow you to have that, that control when you have an opinion eight, uh, when you have an opinion about about something on the slate, but I don't want anyone to feel like they have to all of a sudden adapt to this immediately, like day one, as soon as we release this. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely, I mean, I am probably one of the most trusting of Saber Sim people because I, you know, built a lot of it. And I feel like I, I, I generally don't do very much uh, to my settings or my, you know, default lineups. I think the biggest thing that I do is sort of risk management in in the build of making sure that my exposures are spreading out my risk enough that I'm not going all in on certain players or whatever. But so for me, you know, I don't expect to use these rules very heavily because I'm not a strongly opinionated person when it comes to DFS and, and rules. I tend to trust Sabersim, but a lot of people are opinionated and want that control over their lineups. And that's not you know, it's not bad, good or bad either way. It's not bad if you don't use the rules at all, like you said, but it's also not bad if you want to use the rules heavily, as long as you have good reasons for using them. And, you know, if it's part of your existing process, if you've used another optimizer or you've just 
uh, you've wanted to do certain things with SaberSim and haven't been able to, there's nothing wrong with like setting that control. But uh, yeah, certainly don't feel like just because we added a new tool that you have to use it. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I, one thing I wanted to uh, just start jumping into some of these questions here um, that had come in through Discord. I see YouTube chat is busy here, so we'll, we'll get to everything. We'll knock these out in about the order that they're coming in. Uh, real quickly, um, Average Tuesday said, can you go over how your own go-to stacking rules for NFL would be entered in the new stacking rule format? Um, and mentioned the, the attached a screenshot to how I used to do my stacks on the old basic stacking rule. I'm going to have to play around with it a little bit, to be honest, but I think my baseline of what I'm going to do is, is probably going to be just as simple as, as this, which I was, I was building in the background here, which is basically just saying at least two players, uh, with a QB and one running back wide receiver or tight end, uh, a very flexible rule, a really wide open rule, um, that just basically says, I want to do a stack. And then from there, let SaberSim kind of figure out what the best stacking combinations are based on our, our upside correlations. I'll probably do a little bit of fine tuning here, uh, from there in the stack exposures in the post build process. But I think that's probably how I'm going to port this over on my end. Yeah. And if you do, I, I saw that screenshot. If you want to do exactly that, you would just, uh, uncheck in the stack types on the homepage, just uncheck the like QB plus two, two or what, like anything that has more than one player on the opposing team. Uh, so I think you it would just be like QB plus two, QB plus two, one, uh, QB plus one, one, QB plus one, basically, yeah. Yeah, and, and, uh, and these I think can still be super useful. And uh, actually Chuck had asked a question here as well um, in Discord. I think this is a good opportunity to, to go into this. Um, and he said, is there a conflict when using these new lineup rules uh, with this team stack and, and stack types and game stacks exposures here? Um, I mean, Matt, I know we've, we've done some testing in that regard, but like, what are your thoughts on, on kind of using these two tools in conjunction with one another? Oh, I think it's great. Uh, there's definitely not a conflict. The only thing I will say there is if you do weird stuff on the stack types, if you're like, oh, I only want QB plus five or something yeah. like that, then it's not a lot of the ways that the exposure, you know, when you're unchecking stack types and uh, modifying the exposures there, that kind of works a little bit differently in the builder. And that when you uncheck, it's not necessarily setting a rule that we can't have this. Sometimes it's just, we'll just keep trying to make lineups. And if we are making a lineup that's not allowed, then we'll just discard it and keep trying. And so yeah. it's, we have some logic around there to make it faster and more efficient. But when you're doing really far out there stuff, you probably want to add a rule if it's the type of construction that SaberZim won't make naturally. So... I think that they can definitely work well together if you want to say, okay, this is the baseline I want for my rule, but I don't want it to go beyond, you know, if I want to say I want at least two players on the same team as my QB, but I don't want more than three, you know, just uncheck the QB plus three um, or QB plus four or whatever. And yeah. Yeah. And I actually think this is for, to, for average Tuesday. I think this is actually probably a little bit more where I'll be, um, you know, I think you, you can use both of these things in conjunction. I, I think you can also use like one or the other where it is a little, makes a little bit more intuitive sense to you. I, I will probably do something like this and, and not even actually set like a, a stack rule like this and instead just limit it from the exposures. But um, yeah, the main reason you'd want to do the stack rules if you have opinions about the positions that if you mm. want to make sure you have a wide receiver or tight end with your QB, you know, that would be, I think, the main reason where you have a little bit more control over gotcha. which positions are in your stack. Gotcha. And just one thing I want to point out, just make sure that you, if you do set those stack types, that you look at the secondary stacks as well and you're not unchecking mm -hmm. all of those. Usually I'll just include like secondary one, one, and maybe two. I think it's debatable whether you should allow the two stack secondaries or not, but. I have a question for yeah. you, Matt, that I actually truthfully don't know the answer to. Do, the, do these... Yeah. Stacks, do, I guess, does any stack ever include the defense? Like, can secondary two mean running back and no. defense? Okay. No, we don't include the defense. So this yeah. is always basically two on the same team, running back, wide receiver, tight end. Yeah. Gotcha. Cool. Okay, cool. That's good. good. That's good for me to know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then so while we're over here, um, Tavi had a question as well um, that I think is like the perfect example of this. Um, 
and said, is there an easy way to create different stacking rules for different QBs? Uh, for example, if Mahomes, then two additional Kansas City pass catchers, uh, no bring rack required. If Hurts, then one to two additional Philly pass catchers with a one back bring back required. Um, and then said that that running into issues when setting multiple stacking rules with different teams selected. Um, Matt, I mean, I think I have an answer to this, but I, I imagine you've probably got a, a a more direct mm-hmm. route to getting the, to the right spot here. How would, how would you handle this if somebody wanted to have different yeah. sized stacks for different teams? So this is, this is a great question because it really shows off uh, why these rules are so cool. So I yeah. would add a rule. I would add a group rule, not okay. a stack rule and do automatic with the if, and you would say if, you know, at least one QB is, or exactly either way um, is used, then include, um, yeah, at least however many you want, you know, at least one or two on the same team. And then you would save as manual. And so what this is going to do is create a different manual rule for every QB. And then you go into your Mahomes rule and you edit it. Uh, And you say, so for this, it would be, I mean, I guess for this one, it's saying we don't want so maybe you change this to two you say if mahomes that i actually want mm-hmm. two secondary players yep and uh with no bring back required yeah so i guess if you want a bring back on everyone let me think you might have to set a separate group rule that's kind of what i was thinking one with here bring backs and one, one out bring back exactly yeah so the first one was saying use at least one player on the same team this one is saying use at least one player on the opposing team right and then you just delete the mahomes one and whichever other qbs where you don't want to force the bring back so now we have these two rules so for the opposing one we can delete mahomes and and any other quarterback where you don't want to force the run back so i think that is how i would do it yeah i haven't tested this specific thing so you know if if you're having trouble with that just you know let us know and support and we'll you know see if if it's either something that you need to adjust in the rules or something that we need to fix in the builder we've, we've done a ton of testing but like we said there's so many ways to use this that you know we're expecting that right it's, there's there's gonna be ways probably to break it uh I've, we're not gonna pretend like this is a bug completely 100 bug free product because that has probably never existed in the history of software but um that's how i would do it and uh yeah and i think that's just a really cool way of showing how powerful this way of doing rules is is that mm-hmm. you just create all these and you edit it but if you don't want to have specific you know exceptions then you just save as an auto rule you don't have to worry about creating the manually manual rules you just save it as auto rule and you just say hey every qb i just want you know, one secondary or one um, same team, one opposing team. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you could do that with a stack as well, but the groups yeah. tend to give you more control because you add like the stat requirements. So you can say, I only want to do this with QBs or with projection above X or something like that. And that's what I was going to say. You know, I think this gets a little bit into the strategic side of things, but like uh, what I would do is is try to see, you know, what, what, what do the quarterbacks that you're comfortable playing plus three have in common with one another on a stat level? Because there, there should be something, right? Like they should either be projected higher than other quarterbacks, or maybe they have more attempts in their Sims or, or more passing touchdowns. Like who knows exactly what it is. And if they don't, then maybe there's actually like a little bit, like it, it's in, an interesting, that if you can't create an automatic rule for what you're trying to do, that actually might be a little bit of a bias that you have because the Sims are saying there's actually not a lot that these players have in common. Like there's not any reason why you would want to make the stack of Patrick Mahomes the exact same way you want to make one for, for Davis Mills. And because you kind of think that you do need to do that, that's actually a, a bit of a bias there. And I know that's an extreme example, but do you, do you get what I'm saying there? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, one, I could see one reason being like the spread of the game, which, you know, there isn't a way to do that with yeah. the automatic. So that would be a decent reason. Like, okay, if it's a, 15 point spread then yeah i don't need a run back but if it's closer than i do and that's something that you could do kind of manually i will say i think well we're probably planning on including more of like the 
Vegas and team total stuff in the stat requirements section. I think right now it's just like mm. the player columns, but I can't remember if we actually are have that logged, but it would be a good idea to include that as a, you know, if the team total is above 25, then do this. That would be a cool feature addition. But yeah, yeah, I do agree with you, Jordan, in general, that that if you have to make those manual adjustments and you can't do it automatic, then make sure that there's some objective reason why you are doing that and not just, hey, I know Mahomes is a good quarterback or whatever it is. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, real quickly, T- Tabby had followed up and said that it uh, came to the same conclusion and did a bit of testing um, and that it works, but it does take the builder a lot longer to build lineups. Um, you know, we are working to to make the builder quicker and, and more responsive with some of these new rules. Um, I, I also think it's fair to say that, you know, as you put more restrictions on the builder, you should be prepared that that it's going to take longer to build lineups. Um, and, you know, for me, if I'm going to end up building in rules to my build, I, I might not look for as high of a pool as I've done before. You know, part of the reason I, I've kind of always pushed, hey, I'm always building 1500 lineups all the time in all my builds is because a lot of times I do a lot of quality control after the build to get my lineups where I want. Uh, with this ability to make those lineups start from a, a, a better starting point for me, um, I'll probably be a little bit more comfortable uh, on the, the 500 lineup pool. But um, I mean, Matt, any thoughts about like just kind of the, the build speed in general here as we as we move forward? Yeah. Uh, I mean, one thing is I literally, like, right before we started this call, I pushed out a quick bug fix that was causing some speed issues with when you set, like, a ton of conditional manual rules. So that might help with this specific situation Mm -hmm. in general. You know, do keep in mind when you, if you set an auto rule that's like a group buy, it's not really one rule. It's one rule for each player that applies to in that group by so if you're saying group by quarterback then it's 26 different rules if you're saying group by player and you're setting some stat requirement it could be one rule for every single player in the yeah. pool or that that fits it so just keep in mind as you're thinking oh this isn't that complex is that it actually can be more complex where it's actually doing a lot of rules but again yeah we're we're definitely going to be looking at any build speed issues or errors like that as they come up and make sure that the builders kind of optimize to, to, you know, not slow down too much in those cases. So definitely don't, don't be afraid to reach out to support if you're seeing builds that are slower than what you would expect. Right. Uh, but yeah, the other thing is, you know, if it's something that's really uncommon that you might get like a few times in your 500, 1500 pool, but it's, slowing down the build a lot it, there's also nothing wrong with just uh, forget the rule run your build and just uncheck those lineups after the fact you know yeah if, that can be faster and i think that's another good reason of why you know running a build and seeing what you need is always going to be the best first option here as opposed to trying to figure out everything that you might need ahead of time and making all the rules for it just even just from the standpoint of build speed yeah. Um, wanted to, to kind of jump over to YouTube chat here. Um, we'll start with, with this one, um, metal alloy here. Actually, you know, first let me address this question. So, um, Cameron had asked just kind of for general advice for today's baseball slate. Cameron, if we have time towards the end of the stream, um, happy to come back to this and maybe just kind of talk a little bit of general slate strategy. But, uh, for today, just since we just put out this big new, uh, Emma or sorry, this big new rules update, we want to focus on, on the questions there. Um, so going to start there and then that maybe, uh, this next question will help you out with that. Anyway, metal alloy said other than the kind of restricting low power hitters to only in stacks, like I talked about in my video, um, any other recommended settings for MLB that you would consider um curious i mean if you guys have any thoughts on on some things that you, you might want to at least experiment with it with with mlb with the new rules i honestly i i haven't thought too much about mlb i mean stacking rules are kind of the main thing with mlb mm-hmm. and yeah the only in stacks is is obviously that's a big one I'm trying to think if there's anything with pitchers that you might want to I was like Dude. trying to think of something, which I think if we can um, down the road add the team totals as like stat requirements, that would be so cool for stacking. Like if using two pitchers above 25% ownership 
only allow three or less players from teams with like a team total higher than five or something like that. Like that yeah. would be really cool. I don't, I don't, I haven't thought of that many use cases for using it for baseball, but just off the top of my head, that's like something I could think of. Yeah. yeah. I think definitely the pitcher ownership could be an interesting one of like, don't play both chalky pitchers in the same lineup. I mean, I don't think that's like a great global rule, but that's the type of thing I could see useful sorry go ahead jordan no 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 i was like kind of going down that route as well i think there's an interesting ownership rule there where you could say like for tonight for example um you know if either robbie ray or snell then make sure that you're like i don't know five stacking a lower owned team um you know again i i think in this case we're 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 kind of looking for something um for the question where I, I feel like the ownership fade slider just does a really good job of just dealing with that organically anyway. Um, I, I, you know, the video I, I put out earlier with my like kind of power rule is like, honestly, the rule that I'm ex most excited to use. And I, I think that's probably where I'm going to stay for, for most of my MLB stuff. Um, yeah. I can't think of something that I, haven't been able to get the entire MLB season with what we already had. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I think probably sort of manual type rules. There's just a specific situation where you want to say, if I have an angel stack, then it has to include trout. So it'd be sort of, you just add, you know, the, the non trout angels hitters in, in the primary and then add trout in secondary. It's like if at least, three that's the kind you know that's an, one kind of thing that i could see uh maybe being useful yeah i like that but and again like, the builder is gonna like generally do that for you but maybe not 100 percent of the time because there are sims where the angels go off and trout and otani don't but it's so uncommon that maybe it's not worth including those types of lineups yeah, and selectively, you know, if you ran your test build and you're like, wow, I am getting a lot of angels today, and then you, you come to find that you're not getting a lot of Trout and Otani, maybe that is just kind of like a good, mm -hmm. you know, slate-specific rule where you could say, hey, you know, if if we're already getting up to using like three or, or four of these guys, uh, then then Trout or Otani needs to be the last piece, right? I think that would be like one way where this would make sense. Like, why, why five-stack the angels without either of them? And the builder will pick up on a lot of that, but in a case-by-case -case basis, I think is it's a good approach. Um, with that said, on the on the MLB point here, Aaron said, is there a way to set a specific MLB DK lineup construction with the new lineup rules? Um, I would say, yeah, I mean, you, you have like virtually unlimited customization here of, of what you want that stack to look like down to the exact positions that can and can't be used there along with batting order. Um, Again, for me, I'm probably not even going to be as selective as this and instead probably do more of just kind of picking the stack constructions that I'm comfortable getting exposure to here for baseball, something like this. Um, again, just because in baseball in particular, I'm totally unopinionated about what, what positions show up in my stack. Yeah, I do want to point out uh, just from a technical perspective, choosing what you were just showing there, Jordan, of like yeah. only four, two or above. For baseball, I believe, that that is in the background we just force a four stack um oh okay in that case so like if you added a four stack it would be the exact same thing uh so just like an fyi that you could kind of do it either like add a four stack and do that but you don't need to but that is one thing you know you can kind of use the rules as like this is the minimum i want and then set the stacking the stack type exposures as this is like the maximum i want or just these are the constructions and yeah right yeah okay cool that's good to know um interesting one here this, this should be a fun one spencer says can, uh can you show show how to force pair a quarterback plus a wide receiver in college football in the superflex using the rules well, uh, i've not looked at college football yet this is uh in theory you should be able to but um well, i'm actually Maybe uh, we should we give it a try and see. Um, you can try it. So let's see. QB plus wide receiver in the super flex. So one, I think, yeah, one problem or uh, thing that we haven't accounted for in these rules is 
um, like the positional, we don't, the rules, the positions are kind of based on like the eligible positions, not the specific position that the player goes in. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. You might be able to do it with groups. Yeah, I think the challenge but... here is because, again, we're, it's going to be hard to say. Well, I guess so where my head's at is potentially eliminate all super flexes except for quarterbacks um, would be probably where I would start there. And then you could say use uh, if... Yeah, it might not be possible. I was yeah. Eric, Eric is our resident college football expert, and he was just DMing me that he doesn't think that you can do that right now. So that is something I know there's college football fanatics out there that really want some more advanced uh, rule functionality here. So we'll definitely take a look. I, it it doesn't seem like we're too far away from being able to do that. Yeah, but it might not be possible at this very moment. I think the key is going to be. Um, having that like positional rule, not just what they're eligible for, but yeah. Cool. Um, it, it kind of an interesting theory question here. Interested to hear both of your guys' takes on this one from, from Tamakas here. Um, can you talk a little bit more about overfitting? Like how much are you willing to restrict with rules versus letting Saverson do its thing? Oh, that's the million dollar question. I think, uh, yeah, yeah that's, that's, it's hard to answer. I think the process that we like to talk about with running your research build first that doesn't uh, make any adjustments mm -hmm. and then adjusting from there uh, is that's that's a really good process that I think is a good place to start. Uh, and I think, yeah, one thing to keep in mind is, you know, the, the builder is running based on our sims you know we're running the sims of the games thousands of times but there are outlier sims that some situation that might only happen a handful of times over the thousands of sims and so that might that situation might kind of end up in a lineup obviously it kind of depends on the sim precision setting but you know you might get lineups that are sort of low probability that aren't worth the risk and so that's the kind of thing that i think the rules might be helpful at sort of trimming off like the lower probability outcomes, even if they are possible. And when they happen, can win you a bunch of money. You might mm -hmm. be in a contest where you don't need to take those stands and play lineups that have those low probability outcomes because you can get enough leverage and bank equity with safer plays, if that makes sense. So, yep. Something I know, like on the DFS Twitter verse, there's a lot of discussion about the Bengals ownership last week. This is getting a little bit off topic, but I think it's kind of similar to this overall question of like, um, there's stuff that you can do that might have edge, but like playing Bengals was like safe because uh, it's just not something that's going to hurt you too much. And I think there's similar things with pitchers that are super high owned in MLB, and maybe they're not in the optimal as frequently as their ownership suggests, but like fading them, it's just not really worth the risk. And I think with rules, it's again, it's kind of, for me, the way I would use them is covering those outliers that I just don't really want these constructions in my lineup that are low probability uh, to win, or, you know, maybe they have like really low floors, even if the absolute ceiling is high. I know that's kind of theoretical, but does that make sense how I'm explaining it? It makes a I ton think of it sense makes to me. Sense. <laughs> yeah. And and this is just a sidebar, but Matt, remember last year when uh Jamar Chase had like two hundred like seventy yards and three touchdowns, and you went in the Sims and you're like, there was one sim, like sim seven hundred. <laughs> yeah, I, I do remember that. Yeah. Where he did that. And because everyone was like, Oh my gosh, this is higher than his 99th percentile. And you're like, Nope, we mm -hmm. had one sim where he it did was that. in the Sims. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. the way I plan on using it is like going back to the build review adjust is that something that like just sticks with me every day is like, I never want to enter a lineup set that I'm not comfortable with. If I'm not comfortable with it, then I should go back and adjust and then rebuild. And so I'm really planning on using the rules like in that adjust phase. Like if there's something I can't get 
through adjusting exposures or just something very specific that I want to use. When I send exposures back to the projection screen, I'm going to be inclined to add a rule to get whatever that last piece is I'm missing that will make me feel comfortable going into a slate with my lineups. Yeah, well said. I think uh, my two cents on this is, you know, I'll, I'll go back to kind of that objectivity angle. A any group that I'm going to add in, in my particular process, I want to be just very explicitly clear. Like I could very clearly explain why I'm trying to do that. What, what the reason is, what do I gain out of that? And why, why is the rule itself kind of more objective if, and it's easy to fall in the trap, but if I find myself adding rules in that I can't, you know, when looking back at them kind of think I, I did this to get a little bit more correlation or to uh, avoid duplication a little bit more. If I can't, you know, kind of go through my list of rules and, and explain that, then it's probably something that I'm either just kind of leaking bias in um, or, or just isn't, is like neutral EV and is just making my build take longer. So, but I think it's a really good question. And I think, you know, honestly, even just having this question in the back of your mind probably is going to lead you to a better result because you're, you're thinking about like the important kind of, I don't know, basis of, of the, like overfitting discussion. So, mm -hmm. um, school said, can you explain selection methods versus uh, manual versus automatic? Uh, and can Matt explain it? Because I watched Jordan's video on it. I'm still confused. <laughs> uh, Matt, you want to, want to give yeah. a shot at it? Yeah. So this is honestly, it took me a little bit of time to wrap my mind around how this works. Cause it definitely is very, uh, it's not super straightforward. I think we we designed this in a way that makes it as straightforward as we could, but it's still not a straightforward concept. So um, basically automatic is just choosing the players that are in the groups based on criteria. So the criteria are positions and stat requirements, um, at least for like the primary group. The secondary is a little bit different because the secondary is sort of depends on the primary. So if you, well, in some cases, <laughs> this is why it gets complicated, but if you use group by, um, then you're creating a different group for every uh, either player team or game that satisfies the, the that first set of requirements. So in this case, like, but based on what you're showing right now, it's going to be a different rule for every single player in your pool. Um, but if you okay. uncheck flex, then it would be a different rule for every single captain in your pool. If you added a stat requirement that said projection greater than 20, it would only be for every, it would only be what Shravinsky, Harris, and Chubb captain. Uh, I have a go ahead, Andrew. Which I think might just rereading re this question, maybe this will make a little sense. So say if I put a rule where I always want a QB with at least one receiver over 10 points as a uh, stat requirement. So it's like I want to filter for QBs and then a receiver on the team as a stack that is greater than 10 points. So if I did it manually, it'll calculate right now the receivers that real, are above real quick, 10. Yeah, sorry, real quick, Andrew, because I think what you're explaining is like the difference between saving as an auto rule and saving as manual rules. And I'm not, okay, I'm not actually sure if that's if he's asking, which is something. Well, why don't you continue? Let's, but just to clarify, um, what... What was that, John? I, I was gonna say let's let's start because I think since Matt got us started off here, let's start by making because let's start by talking about selection method, manual versus yeah. automatic, and then I think what what Andrew's talking about here with the difference of saving yeah. as auto versus manual is also a very important distinction. Yeah, um, so I did, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just want to make nope. sure that we're like perfectly yeah, explaining fine. the same things. Uh, so yeah, the the automatic is just choosing who is in the primary and secondary groups automatically. Mm -hmm. uh, based on the requirements, the positions, and the stat requirements that you choose. Um, manual is you're choosing them manually from the player list. Uh, and I think a really good way to help uh, understand it is make an automatic rule and then save, then choose the save as manual option that Andrew was starting to explain. And that'll show you it's because any automatic rule, when you actually click 
run build is converted into one or more manual rules in the background. And that's what mm -hmm. the builder uses. So, so like the builder isn't using the manual, the automatic rules, the builder is only um, listening for manual rules. And so automatic is just a way so that you don't have to create each one individually. And so, yeah, what Andrew was saying is, yeah, if you make this rule, you could do this manually by going through every single quarterback and saying, if quarterback is in lineup, then include one player from the same team, or then include, and you add all of the players on the quarterback's team, right, and you go through every, every single team. 10 points. Yeah, exactly. And this is just a way of doing that automatically, so you don't have to. Right. And then you can see when you save as manual rules, you can see all of the different players that it found that that fit this criteria. Yeah. Andrew, did you have anything that you kind of wanted to, to add on, especially like regarding the way that they save? I know we kind of cut you off. Yes. So when you're doing a manual rule, let's say that projections update and we have like a fringe case where a guy's like 9.87 and then he gets bumped to 10.2 in manual is he not going to be added to that group but if he was an automatic he would be correct so when you save as manual it saves them at the current state of the projections so someone that's right on the edge there um will if they're at nine points um they won't be in this rule initially if the sim updates and they they go to 10 points if you had saved as manual, they won't show up unless you click the little refresh, which I don't know if you hit that. On, I don't remember if you hit that on the video, Jordan, but if you hit cancel here and you go scroll up and you hit that refresh icon, that will like recreate oh. all of the groups based on the current state. And so basically when you save as automatic, it's essentially when you hit build lineups, it's making all of those groups. Um, yeah. But that would be the same as hitting refresh and then building lineups. Pretty much exactly the same thing. Uh, so yeah, basically it's, it's saving as manual. You only really want to do if you want to make changes to the individual groups. There's not, or you just want to look at what they look like, make sure mm -hmm. that you're kind of getting what you meant to get with the rule. But you generally don't, if you're not planning on editing individual teams or rules, you don't need to save as manual. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a good way of looking at it. I mean, the, the, the one thing that I kind of just want to like stress here and then we'll move on is that this is basically just the method by which the rule that gets by the, the method by which the rule gets made, but it is not, there is not like a different core logic to what's going on here. It's yes. basically, do yep. you want to pick the players that are going into the rule or do you want us to pick the players based on the, the criteria you set? But it is not as if you had the exact same players with the exact same logic that they would do different things if one was manual versus one was automatic. It's just kind of the process mm -hmm. by which you get them. Um, yep. While we were on, there was a question here from someone here but i think it's a good opportunity to just touch on it what does the star icon do here um since you mentioned the refresh icon another thing i i didn't talk about in my video what do these stars do uh so the star means it will be enabled by default on a different slate so that is a good point so the one of the big changes here is that uh lineup rules are saved to your account like for the sport and site that you created them on. So if mm -hmm. you go to a different slate, then um, we'll show those rules. If it's not starred, then they'll be unchecked by default. Uh, maybe there's a bug there. Uh, what should happen is that if it's starred, then it's enabled by default when you go to, maybe it's because- you I think it's because I have all the these slate. other rules. Uh, it's yeah, if you had already loaded the slate, then it probably won't be. But if you go to like a brand new slate, then the starred- Gotcha rules should be enabled by default so if there's like a rule that you just know you want on every single slate regardless then star it and it'll just be enabled by default if it's not starred it'll just be unchecked but you can still check it if you want to use it uh yeah i was gonna test real quickly i have a feeling 
if I think this isn't going to work just because you've already got it's it. really just like brand new slates. So I think with this one, because you had already like, we don't want to check it for you if you've already like loaded the slate and, and changed your setting. It's just like when you load the slate for the first time, we determine based on the star, you know, whether which rules are going to be enabled by default that first load. So At least we it. don't have to rebuild it and it's either check yeah. and include or leave unchecked. So right i do yeah. like that a lot there's the question it's from rob g yeah. so <laughs> cool uh real quick so Sam samuel had said are, are the lineup rules versus group rules are we going to be able to combine both or is that not possible yep yeah they, sh they should be totally you should be able to combine anything that you're seeing here whether i mean even the exposures and, and stuff like that they should be compatible together so yeah so before for nfl previously we had like basic stacking and advanced stacking those weren't compatible but we've just combined all the stacking into just one stack type so a lineup rule is either a stack rule or a group rule and you can add both perfect Francis says, not sure if this is possible but i want to avoid playing running back and wide receiver from the same team unless part of a stack any way to do this with the new rules yeah so that will be coming we we were planning on adding that and uh we just didn't have time and felt like we wanted to get this out there before uh so what we'll be doing when we do implement this is basically like in a an unless rule which is sort of like if then except it'll basically just be you could say don't include uh or no more than two players from the same team. And then you added unless, and it would be unless there's four players or they're unless there's a part quarterback. of the stack. Yeah. Unless there's a quarterback from the same team. So we will add that, but for now it's pretty easy to do with the secondary, just uncheck the secondary stack types that um, basically uncheck everything except secondary one, one, and that'll do the same thing. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's really, that's easier anyway. I guess the only situation is if you want to like allow certain positions from the same team together, but not others. But yeah. Anyway. And, and just to be clear, that would be done over here um, yeah. in your stack type. So not necessarily yeah. like setting a firm rule there, but just like eliminating that, setting that to zero max exposure for the secondary two and I suppose all of the secondaries up to like whatever if you were being very thorough about it um so um a couple interesting so when we were talking about the baseball rules there are some some uh takes from people in the chat um yo i got this said i always group out high-owned pitchers to one per lineup on dk again i think that's you know especially slate specific a, a good idea there are those slates out there where it's like you know, I don't know, maybe it's like DeGrom and just some ridiculously underpriced value guy that maybe you do want to group them out and make sure you're not playing mm -hmm. them both together. Um, Max has a really creative idea here, I think, for baseball. Um, I've talked about this before in past streams, but we didn't have a way to do this very cleanly. But setting a rule that says if you use any player uh, from a game where there's weather concerns, you have to be using them as a full stack. Um, avoids a situation where you're just getting like unnecessary one-offs from games that have a ton of weather weather risk and basically saying if i'm going to play the game that has a chance to postpone i'm playing the event where that game goes off you have to have that stack to win mm -hmm. and only five stacking those players together i i think that's a really good idea um and i actually hadn't thought about that max until you mentioned it um so yeah yeah i think with that you would do the if manual and then delete the games the teams that you would say, like, if at least one player is used from. It would be game in this case. Right? Yeah, it would be by game, and you would uncheck pitcher, I guess. Well, I guess, you, yeah, yeah, you'd uncheck pitcher, and you'd say use at least mm -hmm. however big you want your stack to be. And uh, on the same game, yep. Yeah, and, then and I guess you would save as manual, and then you just delete couldn't you get like a like a two two out of that though? Yeah, when, I think it, I would use you'd probably do this. Actually, I think makes more yeah. sense for that one, um, and say like that, and then yeah. you would go in here, save the manual rules, and basically like if you know, let's just say hypothetically that like only course had the weather concern, um, you could go delete in all. And yeah, you could also just like you just else. uncheck on just on on the box uncheck like the whole rule 
Yeah, I actually then... think that there is a bug around. Yeah, it should uncheck all of them. It doesn't. So I think that's actually a bug. Gotcha. But yeah, that's easier than deleting. The other thing you could do is just create it manually and just say, yeah. for this specific <laughs> right. game, just right. put it into players. That's probably a faster way. Of, if there's only one, if there's like half the games of weather games, but uh, if there's only one, it's probably easier to do manual. But there's nothing previously with, because we have the if now. So for sure. Yeah. There, there's nothing that better, like, is an analogy to the my dfs process than trying to make an automatic rule out of literally everything when a, a manual rule would like work perfectly fine i'm like what is <laughs> yeah. the exact logic we can do so i can save two clicks from just doing it myself in the manual rule but um anyway uh let's see let me go ahead and keep going here um and feel free, guys, if you see a question that I've missed as well in chat or Discord, just just like let me know. Um, see, there's just a lot of chat, a lot of chat in chat, which is awesome here. So I'm, I'm trying to see if we see some questions. Um, this is an interesting one from Ultra Light be being here. Said, would it be possible to analyze all Millie makers in a model to define the like optimal rules to create, or you should be using? Um, I, I've, we've talked about this quite a bit in office hours before. Um, I, I have some, some concerns with like thinking about it this way, but I mean, Matt, interested to hear your take on like looking at past winning lineups and trying to kind of back out lineup constructions from there. Um, I'm, uh, against that idea. <laughs> I, I really like, I hate basically any of that analysis that I've seen. Uh, I know that it comes out every single year before week one, there's all these people being you know, with these viral threads or viral articles being like, this is what all of the Millie makers look like in the past 10 years. And it's, I think it's mostly like pretty garbage analysis. Um, not, I, I think the idea makes sense of like, okay, yeah, you want to look at previous contests, but there's a lot of just flaws in the way that that analysis works. Uh, one is obviously just the variance and there's just a ton of randomness in which lineups show up at the top. Um, the other thing is you definitely have to make sure you're comparing like the constructions of those top lineups to the fields. You're saying if if there's 50% of lineups have a QB stack in the field, and um, you know, and 40% of the top 10 in the Millie Maker have a QB stack, that makes the QB stack worse. Not well. Anyway, you, you just have to compare to the field. Um, and then I think one of the biggest things that gets overlooked in that kind of analysis is that there's correlation between the how good of a player you are and the type of stack that you're using. So like a lot of people that have really good projections, that they're just, you know, the top DFS pros, I think will often like set pretty specific stack types. And while obviously that means that, you know, they're smart people and you should learn from that. That also means that if you're seeing a bunch of a specific stack type at the top of contests, that it might be more correlated with like the people that are winning those contests are good at selecting players and not that the stacking type itself is what led to the winning lineup, if that makes sense. So that's getting into it a little bit. I think um, we will probably do some back testing on like slider settings with NFL and see what that looks like. And we'd like to do more analysis on just um, stack types in general, which types of stacks tend to do better in the Sims. Um, but I think looking at like actual contest results is there's a lot of ways to go astray there and kind of come to conclusions that you uh, that aren't really valid. Thanks for the yeah. insight. Great to hear from one of our data scientists. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I maybe I'm a little bit like too anti like analyzing really makers. I just think it's like such a clickbaity thing every year, and generally, it's you're just not really getting anything useful from that analysis. But not to say you can't do it well. And if you want to, uh, and if you if you disagree, I I agree with you uh, there quite a bit, Matt. But if you do disagree with us, uh, you should have the ability to make those exact. Millie maker winning constructions like down to the very position uh at least more than you did before this update now um combined yeah. with another thing i know very popular um is like the the min and max exposure thresholds for oh, lineups ownership. or yeah. ownership i'm sorry yeah um you know another thing that you can use there now to to get those in um 
A couple quick questions here that came in in Discord here. Um, one, Fisty said, uh, can we make a rule based off of percentiles? I know I had I had asked for this like exact same thing earlier yeah. today. Uh, Matt, that one is is like on the list coming uh, in a future update. Yep, that's on our our list for yeah V2 updates. Hopefully not too long there. I, I don't think it cool. should be too difficult. We just uh, didn't include it in this initial release. And Andrew and I are both 95th percentile truthers. I know we both like do a lot with that. So uh, be interested to uh, mess around with some stat requirements yeah, with the 95th percentile. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention here, uh, Eagles had mentioned, um, can we get a demo for stacking in hockey? Um, I know just based on what I was messing around with here earlier today, that there like are a couple things as we get closer to hockey season to clean up here as well. Um, but I mean, I would say at a baseline, you should be able to, let me pull this up. Like, do kind of the basic, you know, hockey stack type rules, like three three guys. Uh, do we have line information here in the stacking rules? Do you know on the Matt? If uh, we have honestly, like we have not looked much at hockey, so I think that there's some updates that we need to make here. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, we don't have that now, so obviously that's a pretty important thing for hockey, and I know it's it's coming up fast, so we'll definitely get that in there. Um, you know, and before the season starts to be able to stack based on line. Yeah. And, and Eagles, I, I would say, you know, what we'll probably do is we'll have at least one video coming out before hockey season. Um, and I will in that video kind of walk through, you know, what I would recommend is some, some baseline good stacks that you might want to consider for your, for your builds there as we get a little bit closer. So um, cool. Um, let's see, wrapping up. I know we're getting close to the end of time here, so we'll go ahead and hit a couple of these last final questions real quick. Ramsey said, did we lose the checkbox on the entry section? Um, are we talking about the, the entry editor here? Um, I'll do a quick check. I don't think so. But, oh, we did. We actually, yes, oh. we did. Um, so okay. does it look there. like that like from a build if i were to hit like fill entries you might have to run them real quick yeah um andy said andy says to make sure to log the nhl thing on the card we'll we'll, we'll make sure we it ends up there um yeah and, and we'll we'll take a look at this checkbox thing uh for the entry editor as well um while i'm looking yeah. here for for any kind of final questions um Matt, Andrew, I'll, I'll give you guys both kind of a, a moment here. Any final thoughts on the, the rules overall that you want to leave people with? Like one thing to kind of think about as people are, are maybe using this new feature to build their lineups for, for baseball, football, whatever. Go ahead, Matt. I'll let you do Yeah, it. I mean, I think we, we went over it, I think, especially at the beginning. But uh, I would, you know, the, the build, review, adjust process, I think, you know, make sure that you're doing kind of the rules, I would say like one at a time and making sure that you have good reason for them, you know, run your build and see how you want to adjust and then go and add your rule. And you don't have to do that every time, but as you're getting used to how to use these rules, I wouldn't just like add a ton of them right off the bat and then run your build. Because again, the more rules you're adding, the more you're kind of moving away from like the, what the Sims are saying to do. And that's not necessarily bad on its own, but you just want to, be mindful about what you're adjusting and make sure that it's something you actually want or need to do. So I would, yeah, go like one at a time with the rules. Um, but like, yeah, I guess the other thing is just, um, I definitely recommend with like the automatic rules is to like save as you're playing around with it, do the save as manual. So you can really mm -hmm. see what your the groups that you're creating. Cause I think that was the most helpful thing for me is I was, uh, playing around with it and testing it was I could kind of double check that I'm actually getting the group rules that I want by saving as manual and being like, all right, yeah, this is like the correct players in primary and secondary. And this makes sense to me. And then you can kind of tinker from there if you want, but yeah. Agreed. Andrew, your thoughts? Uh, no, I think uh, well said from Matt. It's really just a fine tuned method, not something that needs to be, heavily implemented up front. I think it's more of an adjust type of tool is how we're approaching it. Yeah. 
Perfect. I agree. I, last thoughts from me, you know, I would say is uh, there's a lot of power here, a lot of new control. Uh, it's going to feel pretty new. Um, don't feel the need again. I know I mentioned this before, but to, to completely integrate this into your process all on day one here, you know, even for me heading into football this Sunday and the baseball slate tonight, I'll probably dabble a little bit, but I, I'm not going to go in here, try to set every rule I can think of and go crazy in that department. And I think, you know, start incorporating this into your process slowly based on what you see ways you can improve your lineups. Um, so uh, real quick before we go, um, just a reminder for those that are maybe stumbled into our office hours here for the first time, you picked a great day. Um, these new lineup rules are, are up in the app right now, and we have a totally free seven-day trial at our site, uh, saversim.com. If you've checked us out before in the past, we reset everybody's trial at the start of football season. So even if you were here last year for NBA, um, people have been asking for these kinds of rules and ways to get more specific about their lineup constructions forever. And I, honestly, I can't remember a release that we've done that the team was more excited about than this one. So come check us out. Come check out some of these new rules. Uh, and in the meantime, uh, enjoy the baseball slate here tonight if you're playing baseball. Um, and we'll be right back again for another office hours tomorrow at, at five o'clock Eastern. But uh, thanks, Matt, for coming on. And Andrew, yep. uh, we'll, we'll be back on tomorrow. Yep. That sounds great. One All quick right. thing, Jordan, you have a great how to use the rules video in app that anybody can see if they got onto this stream a little late or just need a review. Yep. It'll pop up at the bottom of your app. When you first sign in. If you accidentally X out of it and can't get it back, it is up on the YouTube channel as well um, right here. So go give that a watch. But cool. Cheers, everyone. All Thanks, right. guys. Thanks, guys. Bye.